What a week. In case you missed it, this week was HubSpot's annual conference, Inbound 2020. And I was lucky enough to cover the sessions live for Search Engine Journal. But I was also lucky enough to catch up with Megan Keeney Anderson. She is the VP of Marketing for HubSpot, and she shared with me all the behind-the-scenes secrets that went on with Megan and I talk about some of our favorite parts about Inbound 2020, how they had to completely pivot this year with the pandemic. They went from having one of the largest in-person conferences that takes over Boston to having to do a massive live event. HubSpot is one of my favorite platforms, and we talk about what exactly HubSpot does and some of the secrets behind HubSpot's success that you can take away and learn from. Welcome, Megan. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I have a special guest today, Megan Keeney Anderson from HubSpot. Hey, Megan. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Yes, what a week. So this was uh, Inbound just ended and we're here to kind of talk about the highlights and maybe just first give us a little bit of history and how your week went from your perspective. Yeah, so we're we're tired (laughs) over here at Inbound. Um, You know, I think that, um, so a little bit of background into the event itself. So Inbound is an event that we've been um, holding at HubSpot for quite some time. The first Inbound was actually held in 2012, and it has evolved over the years, um, grown from a very small gathering of just a few thousand customers to last year we had about 26,000 attendees. And so it's really sort of grown year over year and become this thing that is actually much bigger than just a HubSpot event. Uh, and that's been to our liking because we never wanted it to be just a HubSpot focused thing. We wanted it to um, certainly have elements of HubSpot, but um, also to become this experience that could be much more immersive, much more multifaceted and layered and speaking to all the different angles that a marketer or business leader or sales leader could care about today. Well, I can tell you that I'm a huge fan of HubSpot. I remember when HubSpot first actually started and I was um, speaking at Search Engine Strategies and it was just like, what an amazing idea. And so the evolution of watching HubSpot grow to what it is today has been awesome. And such, I used HubSpot materials in my class that I taught at the University of Florida Social Media Management. I would require them to take certifications from HubSpot as part of like, yeah, part of the midterm. And now, you know, we use HubSpot at the buyer group agency. Um, so it's, you know, I'm like all in. And I went to Inbound for the first time a couple of years ago and I was like, whoa, this, was yeah. the, this is the biggest conference experience. And when I say experience, it really isn't just a conference. It is an experience. You guys go way above and beyond with everything. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to be, we wanted to feel like that. Like, it's, it's amazing to hear you say that. We wanted to feel like a mixture of learning and connection and being creative. The really magical thing about the audiences that we work with, you know, marketers and sales leaders and service leaders and startup uh, founders, is there's this common thread that they all have, which is a really strong desire to self-educate and to learn and to always get better and grow better as professionals and as people. And we get to tap into that every year and really feed off that energy. Yeah. So I was um, part of this year's Inbound, but it was um, in a very different way. So talk about how 
the, the behind the scenes, how you guys had to pivot this year? Yeah, so InBend has always been an in-person event. We always hold it um, by the by the seashore in Boston. And, um, you know, it, it feels special in that way. You get to see people walking through the halls. You get to engage with them. You get to run into them late night at, at the after parties. And it's this really whole, you know, takeover of a part of Boston that, that feels very tied to that location. But as we got closer into the event this year, um, you know, uh, health and safety is always our top concern. And as we approached the date of inbound, we realized that the health risks of large gatherings were still very evident. And we just felt like the decision was very obvious that we needed to go virtual. Now, we wanted to go virtual, but we didn't want to just copy and paste a in-person event to an online experience. We didn't just want to host a bunch of Zooms. Uh, I love Zoom. Zoom is how we live today, but we didn't want to just host a bunch of Zooms and call it a day. So the team actually ended up having to really re-envision what the experience was going to be from the ground up with very little time. So we ended up with this immersive platform where you could choose your own avatar, you know, pick out their outfit and um, really personalize them, have these interactive animated experiences with other um, attendees. We enabled it so that you could pop out the window and literally take the event with you as you wandered around the internet to Twitter or other sites. Um, and then things like we, we always have a comedy uh, stand-up show at the end of Inbound. And that's a tough thing for a comedian when you can't hear laughter. So we changed up the format of that and made it again more of like a, a game show type thing. And we changed up the format a lot of a lot of the talks, introduced meetups in a different way. And so I think the bottom line here is it became important to us to not just replicate what we had always done and to use this as an opportunity to get creative and to really rethink what it means to engage and have an experience uh, at an event like this. Yeah, one of the messages that I noticed and especially in the keynote and then really throughout is that basically 2019 is not coming back. And it's a whole new mindset that yeah. none of us ever thought we'd have to be in this position and, and think of. And it's that mindset, I think, that was, you know, weaved into all of the sessions. It's like, you know, what was happening in January and February is not coming back. And if you're waiting for it to come back, you're probably going to miss out and lose. So yeah. I thought that was an important message. Yeah, I, we feel it across the board in every aspect of our marketing and every aspect of our lives. You don't go through a year like this and come out the other side the same. And there are things we will lose in that process, but there's also things that we'll gain. So, you know, one of the nice things about the format that we had this year is all of a sudden we could be a global event, a truly global event with programming that ran around the clock and we're, we're more sensitive to different time zones. Uh, we could reach a broader audience, people who wouldn't previously have been able to afford to fly to Boston and stay at a hotel all week. And so there's, there's benefits in the change. And we really tried as a business to acknowledge, you know, the hardship of what's going on right now. And in that process, though, also look to where the world is moving and try to let that be our beacon to help pull us through this. Uh, and there's some exciting stuff in there too. What was your favorite part of Inbound this year? Hmm. 
Well, um, I really loved, um, Carrie Washington uh, spoke with our head of inbound, actually Kim Darling, who is the, the brain behind all of this and deserves a ton of credit. Uh, they spoke uh, in a really casual setting about the importance of voting this year um, and every year. But I thought that conversation was both, um, first of all, it was just nice to have a moment of, of quiet in all of this. And also I thought the you know, it was very authentic and um, purposeful and um, important of Carrie Washington to, to do. And so I was really glad that she came. She was probably my favorite part. Um, I also loved, I got to work on the um, HubSpot Founders keynote and we pre-recorded that one and we recorded awesome. it at Fenway Park, which is a big Boston landmark. Um, and I've never been in Fenway Park when it's completely empty. Uh, and so that's kind of a personal uh, favorite of mine. Yeah, that was actually my favorite part too. Oh, good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So as VP of marketing at HubSpot, what is, what do you, what, what's happening in your role? What, what's your day-to-day -day like? Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're in the process of planning for next year. Um, this year has certainly stretched the teams again in ways that, that have been really hard sometimes and then also in ways that are sort of opening up new insights and opportunities. Um, I think one of the things we've been really amazed at at HubSpot is, you know, back in March when all the offices started to close and send people home, we wondered what that would mean for marketing. We wondered what that would mean for the engagement that we typically do with our customers. And we, we wondered if closing offices meant that people were going to disappear and that our traffic numbers would fall and that um, our engagement rates would plummet. And one of the magical things that we found was that actually quite the opposite happened. Yeah. We saw high, heightened traffic than we'd ever seen before. We saw a ton of engagement, particularly in HubSpot Academy, which as you mentioned before, you've taken certifications with tons of people trying to retool and use this time to maybe make a career pivot and pick up some new skills. And what we found was we might've all been home, but we weren't gone. And there was a real genuine interest from our audience Maybe they were trying to feel out their budgets, maybe not making a ton of purchases right away, but they were still engaging. And I think that made a huge difference to us this summer because that connection matters. You know, when you're a marketer, when you're um, trying to figure out how the world is evolving and speak to it, having that kind of back and forth with customers and hearing from them really helps. Yeah, and I feel like the timing of inbound was perfect because I think everybody kind of needed to hear, um, just for example, the critical email marketing session that I went to yesterday, you know, it, to see the difference between, okay, this is where we were pre-COVID and this is now that all of this research of what's happening in email marketing during COVID. And this is, you know, if you're still operating pre-COVID, you're you know, need to adjust for sure. So I think just as marketers and, you know, brands, like it was really good to hear from all of these different experts, um, you know, how we have to pivot, what's working now that didn't work before. There's been this motion, I think this year of like zooming in to deal with the crisis at hand and then zooming out to try to understand what it all means and then back in and back out. And I think that inbound does give you that chance to say, okay, here's what I know is going on in my industry. I know that remote work is a thing and could be a thing to, to stay forever. I know that um, 
entire industries are being reshaped and uh, my customer base may be changing. Uh, I know X, Y, and Z about today's reality. And then trying to extrapolate that out to figure out what does that mean for the way people shop and buy six months from now, a year from now, 18 months from now. Uh, and when you get fascinated with that and you pull the thread to that, I think that helps, again, helps you see a way, a way through all this. Yes, definitely. And I, I want to ask you, what is the secret to HubSpot's success? But before we go there, just, just so for the audience that might not know exactly, HubSpot at its most basic form to HubSpot at its most advanced. And, you know, inbound is kind of like this, like, you know, kind of separate umbrella, but yeah. what's HubSpot in its most basic form? Yeah. So HubSpot is a CRM platform that has all the tools that your customer facing teams would need to engage with customers. So there's a marketing hub and a sales hub and a customer service hub um, and a CRM that underlies all of that to try to give you a central view of your customers. That's the technology platform. But we always talk about HubSpot as like, yes, we are a set of tools. We are a CRM platform, but we're also a, an ecosystem of, um, of people, of providers, of integrations. And we're also education and philosophy about how do we think about not just growing bigger as businesses, but how do we think about growing better? How do we make sure that our success is in lockstep with our customer success? And so that's where this idea of like inbound comes in. We've, you know, HubSpot, I think, started uh, years and years ago now with a single observation, which was that the way people shopped had changed and that people didn't like advertising they didn't like like outbound messages that were really interruptive in their, their faces they didn't like spam email and increasingly those consumers were getting more control over their own experience and able to filter those things out so the world needed a new kind of marketing uh, and that's where inbound marketing came from which was really based on how do you create value how do you create content that will pull people in as opposed to you know cold calls or uh, spam email that will push them away and then that idea kind of expanded into, okay, we're going to market in a way that people can love. How do we then sell in a way that people can love? And how do you then uh, empower customers in a way that will set them up for success long term? So the nice thing about, you ask about our secret to success, we have always had these really strong principles about what the customer experience should be at the base of our brand. And so when everything went out the window this year when there was crisis and there was a lot of uncertainty about what to do. Um, we had this really clear North star and we were able to say with this foundation of, Hey, we are going to put the customer first. We're not going to shortchange them for the sake of getting through this month. That drove a lot of our decision-making and that helped us pivot really quickly. Well, one thing that I think is HubSpot's secret to success is um, you guys are just give, you give so much from an educational standpoint, um, you know, I, like I said, I use your materials for myself, you know, from an educational standpoint to help educate my team. And also I used it when I taught a class at UF, but you give away a lot of free stuff that, yeah. you know, before you know it, it's like, you know, of course HubSpot, you know, of course we're going to, you know, take that next investment and put it towards HubSpot versus another platform that, you know, hasn't been giving. And I think that's, that's a huge difference. 
Yeah, there's this saying that um, one of our founders has where he says, you really have to um, provide value before you can extract it. And I think that's so true. And we've seen again and again, whenever we are able to give something away for free. So that can be our free education. That can also be our free CRM. Um, then we're able to create the trust that develops that relationship. So over time, you can get value that goes both ways in that relationship. And one of my other favorite keynotes was a couple of years ago when um, the unveiled of the um, the funnel is broken and delighting customers and you know reinventing the funnel is is so true. And you know the whole delighting the customers is is just you know it never stops. Yeah, I think especially today, I mean. Trust is becoming so important between customers and companies. And if, you know, if you think about the way that we historically have thought about, you know, the marketing funnel, it's like, okay, you put a bunch of like prospects in at the top and you do a bunch of work and at the end out pops a customer. And that's great. And that actually is very true as a mechanism. However, it completely negates the role that your existing customers play in driving new business for you, either through referring other customers, upgrading if, or, or doing, having repeat purchases and sort of sustaining this relationship and growing it over time. So we try to think now, and we've actually arranged our entire team to really try to you know, empower customers in helping us grow. Um, and that's really been kind of a, a core concept that's, that's taken the helm right now for us. Definitely. And it's something that all brands, you know, can adapt and learn from. So speaking of brands, what brands do you think will be able to, I mean, best succeed? Obviously, we've had, we have um, industries that are just shut down. <laughs> and yeah. the brands within those industries are crippled. But what, what brands do you see as succeeding? Yeah, this has been such an interesting time because you're right, there have been some companies that, you know, the travel industry took it really hard this year and have had to really figure out how to pivot and adapt and survive this time. But then you've got other brands that um, have really seen a, a huge surge in demand because of current settings and now have to figure out not how to not only how to meet that demand, but what do you then channel that into? So I'll give you a couple of exa examples. Um, we had a, um, a guy named Andy Hunter on, um, on our podcast called The Growth Show, and he is the founder of a company called bookshop.org. And what they are is a, basically an e-commerce vehicle for local independent bookstores that don't otherwise have that. Um, so you have the ability, instead of going to, say, for example, Amazon to buy a book, to go to bookshop.org and buy your book and have that profit go directly to your local bookstore. Now that was an idea. He launched that company maybe around January or February of this year. And then March hit, at least in the States. And um, all of the bookstores had to close. And he really became the lifeline of a lot of these local bookstores that had never before sold a book online and needed to find a way to do that. And so they saw enormous growth this year. Now that comes with an incredibly fast pace and needing to sort of build the plane. He, he had planned to really launch this coming fall in, in a really in earnest. And we sort of saw January as a soft launch and he had to really expedite that. Um, I think, you know, companies like Canva and companies in the productivity space. So Canva's a HubSpot customer and we use Canva internally. They enable businesses to, 
to stay aligned in terms of their design and their brand style guide globally. And so in a world where teams are getting dispersed and working from home more, that's going to become more and more important. And so in each of these cases, you had companies who had the seed of an idea that this time this year has really accelerated. Uh, so we've heard a lot of the stories of how COVID has hurt businesses, but in many ways for some businesses, this time has you know, also managed to accelerate a lot of innovation and fast track ideas and growth um, for the companies that were ready for it. Definitely. There's a lot of numbers pointing to digital marketing and the opportunity within the industry. So what advice would you give someone just starting out in digital marketing? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that um, the biggest thing is having a foundation of understanding who your customers are. So, you know, it's, it's why a CRM is at the root of all of our marketing um, and it's why it's at the root of our product line because having a way to understand, have a single view of all the different interactions that customers had, whether it's a website visit or an email open or a conversation with a support rep, that universal view then becomes you know, your ability to build that relationship over time and to report on it and to understand it and to, to model off of it. And so I think making sure that you are, you have a strong foundation um, of a, a strong technical foundation is important. Then beyond that, I think it's looking to what are the channels that are going to work for you? You don't have to do everything. You don't have to get on TikTok just because some other brand is on TikTok. You don't have to, um, you know, jump into account-based marketing right off the bat. Try to find out what are the couple of the things that are going to move the needle for your business and reduce the friction along those paths. We think a lot in terms of force and friction. This kind of goes back to the flywheel idea of, you know, all of the marketing activities that you will do will add force into your flywheel. It will bring new people in, but none of that force does any good if the actual experience on your website it, through your email is friction filled for the customer because they're likely to bounce and never return. So you have to have this dual strategy of both a ton of marketing activities that will drive force, but then some really thoughtful um, like optimization of that customer experience so that you're reducing friction for customers too. One of the things that you pointed out about the CRM, I think is critical. And it's, it just amazes me how many agencies, digital marketing consultants, even that don't have very successful ones don't have a CRM system in place. Yeah. And it's almost like, think about it, like how much more successful and organized you would be inside if you started with a CRM from day one or you implemented one. Yeah. And it just, um, it's, it's a game changer. If you don't, if you don't have the benefits of a CRM, it's like crippling. Like how, how are you operating your business? You just don't know what's going to work, what's working and what's not without it. And yeah. you don't know who your buyers are and what's motivating them. And all those are things that can really help you get very precise and very uh, effective in your marketing. So it's well worth it. And especially now that there are first, you know, for startups, there are free, HubSpot's got a free CRM. There, there are low cost CRMs out there. It is the first uh, brick that I would put into the building of my tech stack um, and then add in everything else on top. 
Yes, totally. So Megan, I know that HubSpot has a crystal ball. Can you tell us <laughs> what are the future trends that you are seeing? Yeah, um, well, I think that, um, wow, let's see, that's a big one. Where, where to begin with that one? <laughs> you know, I think that work is changing and um, because work is changing, the B2B buying experience is going to change. Home is changing. And because home is changing, the B2C buying experience is going to change. And I think that we are going to gravitate towards situations that are, um, that are easier, like so easier to buy, easier to engage with, um, and also situations and companies that we really feel like we've got a trusting relationship with. Um, I think that you will see, you know, one of the trends that we are seeing now is uh, a focus being put on companies really having a set of principles and values that they put out there um, and, and customers really gravitating towards that. Um, so we're thinking a lot about that and trying to voice our opinion more when, when it comes to um, the, the things that matter to us, um, the, the, the ways that we think are the right way to grow and do marketing um, and the, the ways that we think, um, you know, should be left in the past. So I think it's like, you know, everything is moving online. And so that means you're going to have to have a more, more focus put on making that an easier, more seamless experience. Trust and affinity for companies and loyalty to companies is mattering more. So that means the story that you tell, the values that you hold matter a lot more as a business. And ultimately the ability to adapt and pivot is paramount. And so, you know, whether you are a five person startup or a 5,000 person corporation, you need to be able to know that you can read the situation and pivot as some of these companies have done really easily and that you aren't getting weighed down by old processes, old technology, um, you know, old structures that are getting in the way of that innovation. This is a time of very rapid change. And I think the most agile companies out there will win. Definitely. And so where does HubSpot fit in? What, what are some easy access points that somebody could just kind of dig in if, at an appropriate time right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that you can get engaged with HubSpot. For starters, you mentioned it before, we've got this incredible, um, I'm, I'm biased, but I've, I've taken the classes, so I think it's incredible, um, educational arm in HubSpot Academy. And so if you are an individual who is looking to um, scale up, to maybe switch industries, to learn a new um, area, Academy is a great place to start. And that's a great way to sort of understand, get to know HubSpot too. So we've got strategy um, classes and um, credentials that are, you know, agnostic of HubSpot. And then we also have product training on HubSpot that you can learn about us. Um, from a technology standpoint, I think the, um, we made some really exciting announcements, again, biased, but exciting announcements <laughs> this year uh, with releasing an all new Sales Hub Enterprise, which uh, kind of pays off on this promise of being um, really advanced, uh, an advanced CRM 
but with the ease of use and the usability that will make it easier to adapt to rapidly changing times. Um, again, so often we get these like really powerful pieces of technology, but nobody can use them and nobody likes to use them. We're trying to thread that needle between power and ease of use. Um, so those are kind of the two ways that, that I would suggest is, is getting to know our education and then getting to know our software um, if, if you're looking for you know, a tool set to build your business on. Yeah, so one piece of advice that I like to give, especially people that maybe are furloughed and looking to transition is to just continue to add value to yourself and do these certifications that are, most of them are free, you know, and it's another, you're just adding more value or adding, you know, different things that you can add to your credentials. And I think HubSpot is a great place to start if you're kind of stuck or wanting to just make, you know, improve yourself, self-improvement and professional development. Yeah. I mean, I think the worst thing to do right now is to get scared and stuck where you are. I would lean into the unknown and find a way to explore it and skill up in new areas and try to evolve with these times, uh, regardless of where you started or what your background or experience is. I, there are things that I need to learn this year. Uh, there are things that all of us need to learn this year. And that's certainly a great place to start. Thank you so much, Megan. This has been super interesting. And thanks for sharing all the behind the scenes of HubSpot and Inbound. No, I loved it. I mean, thanks for having me. Yes. And so just in case somebody doesn't know the website and where we can follow you. Yeah. So it's Bye. just HubSpot.com and you can find uh, a route into our academy from there. You can find all the software from the free stuff all the way up to our enterprise software. Um, and you can see a listing of all that came out this year in the product announcements. Awesome. Thank you and namaste. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. If you would like to get a free chapter of Social PR Secrets, go to socialprsecrets.com slash free.